0: We survive on the generosity of people. And as a nonprofit, Heartlight and Parenting Today's Teens exist to meet the needs of parents and teens in a broken world. And I don't have to tell you of all the platforms we've developed through the years to reach more and more people in need. So we count on folks like you to support our work. We help you and hopefully you can help us. And whether that's a monthly gift, a one-time gift, or donation of anything, We use it all to promote and expand the capacity of the ministry to parents and teens. The pandemic caused us to have to put on our creative caps to come up with ways to raise more funds. And out of that creativity came the VIP events. Special events that would include fishing trips and special entertainment, getaway excursions and specialty dinners and unique opportunities. Two things happened from these events. We raise the much-needed funds for the ministry and we get to spend time with friends and donors and parents and alumni and others that have an interest in our life's work. To find out more about these events and how you can participate in these memorable opportunities, please visit heartlightvip.events. That's www.heartlightvip.events. We would love to see you at one of these special events, knowing that our time together is helping change the lives of families everywhere.
1: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your team. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepherd dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. Mark, we normally spend our time together talking from the teen's perspective. You're looking at it from a parent's perspective today, aren't
0: you? We are, because every teen has parents somewhere. (laughs) You know, I mean, and so when parents start to go through that difficult time with a child, or they begin to see some things they're not so happy with, I think one of the first things that begins to happen is a parent feels isolated, alone, Mm. all by themselves, like they're on a deserted island, and they're kind of thinking, where do I turn? Where mm-hmm. do I go? And it becomes a very desperate situation for a lot of parents.
1: Maybe I feel a little ashamed that my family's going through whatever our is putting us through. So well, that, that adds uh, to the isolation, it, doesn't it? It
0: really does. I mean, I think the perfection mentality that that we've all had with our kids is beginning to shift a little bit in that people realize that kids are struggling today and it's not a reflection on parents. The scripture that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, was used years ago to motivate parents to get involved in the life of their kids. And the tendency is now we use that scripture to judge whether a parent has done a good job. And that's not the purpose Mm. of the scripture. You may do a great job parenting and have a wonderful relationship with your child, but that does not guarantee that they're not going to struggle. And so what happens is because most parents really believe my child will never struggle because I'm doing a great job that they never prepare their child for that struggle. And you know what? They never prepare themselves for the struggle as well.
1: So we're going to look at it from the parent's point of view here today. When you feel isolated and alone. And let me enter into evidence here an email that we received from a parent who says, My stepson is having trouble at school and home. He is giving up in every part of his life. His father is a very negative person and has taken his problems out on our stepson. Uh, he has most of the warning signs from your website. We love him so much, but we don't know how to help him rise above the problems he's facing. I don't know what to do. Well, I think we can offer some help yeah. to this parent here today on Parenting Today's Teens with Mark Gregston. That email is just one of hundreds that we receive here at Parenting Today's Teens, but it doesn't lessen the pain of this parent, Mark.
0: No, it doesn't. I mean, most parents feel totally lost when it comes to a kid who is struggling, having a tough time. You know, it's almost like a parent says, look, I don't need the map. I know how to get there Mm -hmm. and I can do this. And so they kind of trolled along with their child during the preteen years where they are absolute heroes in their kids' eyes. And then they move into adolescence and things begin to shift and they go, wait a minute, where did I put that map? Wait a minute, where is the map? Wait a minute, I haven't looked at the map. And what you begin to realize is they've built new roads. There's different influences. You know, I, I didn't know what, the path was going to look like when it got dark. Um, wait a minute. I didn't know. There's so many more people out there. Yeah, there's so many more o- influences. Everything
1: was going okay for so long and suddenly it's all changed. That's right. And so the tendency is
0: somebody, if they're wise, will say, I'm lost. Mm. I don't know what to do. Now, that's kind of a normal response. Now, now let the voice of wisdom say something to you. If you don't prepare for the teen years, you're going to be lost. You know, when your little princess comes home and says, Dad, I'm not a princess anymore. Mm. You know, I don't want to be the good girl anymore. Or your your little prince comes home and says, They're making fun of me at school. I don't know how to handle it. That's the time that parents have got to be real with their kids and say, Let's get through this, rather than telling them, Well, no, you're always gonna be my princess. Because what that means is you just ignored a big, big uh, heart of your child, mm-hmm. and what you'd said even bigger than that was, "I'm not going to be able to help you." To a son to say, "I've been ridiculed." Come on, well, bow up, son. You can get through this. You've just missed your child's heart. And somebody says, "Oh, well, wait a minute, Mark. That's those those kids ought to be able to work through that stuff." Every one of us, every one of us in this country has made a comment and said. I am so thankful I am not being raised or have to grow up in this environment. True. I don't think parents understand the intensity of this environment and how it offers so much to our kids in their inability to prepare to struggle well through this world. They don't know what to do, and so this culture offers them plenty of alternatives that have some grave consequences, and if we don't offer something different during their time of difficulty, they will find relief somewhere. And that's why we're seeing so many kids that struggle. I mean, it used to be all those other kids. It used to be all those bad kids. Yeah. And now it's our kids in our home, you know, that, that lay their head 40 feet from where I lay my head at night. And, and I'm looking at it going, wait a minute. I was told that if I did these things, everything would turn out okay. Okay. And it's not working that way. Well, it wasn't that I was told wrong. It is that the culture has shifted in such a way that I am not prepared. I was at one time. I'm not now. And so, parents, a word to the wise. Start preparing for those adolescent years. And if you are in the adolescent years... Don't wait until you have trouble to do some preventive maintenance. You don't wait till you get a flat tire to figure out how to change it. I mean, it's a little dangerous doing that off the highway or in the dark or at the most inopportune time. It never happens at the right time. Mm -hmm. So do some preparation.
1: Once you've done that, uh, issues are still going to come. And you're saying today that parents often respond to those those issues by kind of pulling back and isolating themselves. Now, are they isolating themselves from their teen or from their peers, the parents' peers?
0: Well, you know, it's it's like a dad who isolates himself. I mean, dads are supposed to fix things, right? I right. mean, that's what, that's what dads are made for. They're mm-hmm. supposed to fix things. And if they can't fix it, then they just kind of go, well, I'll just leave it alone and move on to the next project. What's well, a little bit different when that Fix it. Need is your child, and and it's a little bit difficult when I've surrounded myself with nothing but perfect people, in a perfect environment that think that we're all uh, perfect in everything that we do. Sure. You begin to realize real quick that's like somebody getting married and saying, "I just married the perfect person," and you just kind of sit there and scratch your head and laugh. I look at my wife and I go, "You know, the realization is going to come to them soon uh-huh. enough." Well, so the same way with kids and our parenting. None of us are perfect. No child is perfect. And in our imperfection, there is something that is attractive to our kids to know that we're imperfect. So it gives them license to be imperfect as we walk through this world together.
1: If we've given the illusion to the outside world that we have this perfect home and suddenly problems crop up, It's hard to admit uh, to the world, to our church, to our friends, hey, we got a problem.
0: It is. And so, I mean, I think people have got to give license for us to be able to say that. And, you know, it's okay to say, you know, we're having problems.
1: I don't have all the answers.
0: We're struggling. And you know what? I feel alone. I feel lost. I feel hopeless. If I was in a boat and it was sinking and I never knew that there was a bucket to bail the water out, (laughs) then I would feel hopeless. But if I know that the bucket's there, I'm okay. If the motor dies on the boat and I never knew that there was an oar in the boat, I would feel hopeless. But once I realized there's an oar to paddle to the shore, then I wouldn't feel as hopeless. Well, the first thing to do that after that realization that something's not right is to begin to search for ways, how do I get out of this? And and it's not going to come from what you know, because if you knew that, then you wouldn't be in the position <laughs> right. in the first
1: place. Well, let's hand the oar to some parents who are listening <laughs> today. I mean, let's give some hope and some help here.
0: That's right. Here's, here's an oar start talking to your neighbor. Call somebody and say, we are struggling. I mean, just learn those three words and say, we are struggling and see what happens. And most of the time, you're going to hear somebody on the other line say, we were struggling also. And Mm -hmm. then you say, well, I didn't know that. Well, it's because people didn't feel that they had the freedom to talk about those things. And let me tell you, it's okay to talk about those things. If we live life and never admit our struggle, then there's really no need for a savior. And that is what's being communicated to kids, is that if you're so perfect, why do you need a relationship with Christ? Hmm. Well, when we begin to show our imperfection, and when we begin to talk to our kids about their need for Christ in that relationship, they don't believe us sometimes because everything is so perfect.
1: You know, hardly a week goes by that we don't mention the importance of being in a group with right. other parents, maybe a Sunday school group or just a, just a neighborhood group get together around the word. And... I
0: know a lot of groups that get together and they do nothing but talk about their kids. Now, we've developed a curriculum kit that helps facilitate that stuff, and, and, and we do that intentionally if if there's no reason to get together people won't get together mm-hmm. so we've said okay there's a reason and here's a path you can follow so that so that you can spend some time and begin talking about some things within your life, and as you share things, you may not always come up with uh, the answers right then, but you will know that you are not alone.
1: The simple thing of sitting in a group, uh, uh, circled around someone's living room, and saying, "Well, here's what we're going through as a family," and others others will say, "Well, here's what we went through, and here's what we think helped us. Maybe it absolutely. can help you." That's, absolutely, absolutely. Great. Help. And somebody
0: else said, "Well, we tried this. Well, that's a great idea." You know, I mean, you have to think. Your best thinking has got you into the situation you're in, and so you're going to need to seek counsel from somebody else. And scripture would tell us over and over again that there is there is wisdom in seeking the counsel of other people. It is your friends that are around you. If they're friends, they will love you when you have it all together. Let me tell you something, they will love you more when you are disheveled and feel like you're falling apart.
1: It's never healthy to be in isolation.
0: It's not. You know, raise that red flag and say, we need some help here. That We're created that way. We need relationships around us. You've got to ask yourself a question. What's a guy with a mustache from 1880 doing answering questions about today's teens? That's a great question. It's because I've spent my life living with teens and have helped thousands of parents deal with raising their teens in an ever-changing culture. Hundreds of questions are always asked of me about parenting. Folks want to know how to take the scripture they believe and put it into practice with techniques and and new parenting tools that help get their teen and their family to a better place. So if there's a question that you'd like to get the answer from, a seasoned guy who spent his life working and living with teens, then this is the place. You can get those questions to me in a number of ways. First off, you can go to ask at markgragston.com. The second way is just to text that question to 903-400-4732. That's 903-400-4732. Or you can go to markgregston.com and submit a question. Let me answer some of those hard questions that you have about your teen, and I'll give you an answer that is practical, proven, and effective in its application.
1: Mark, I opened the program today with that email, and the last line of the email said, I don't know what to do. You hear that a lot Uh, when when listeners send us emails. I
0: do. That is the most important aspect of that whole email is that when you finally admit, I don't know what to do, you open the door to find something or to look for something different. So many times parents go, well, I'll try this, I'll try this. And once you've used all your bag of tricks to get out of the (laughs) isolation, At some point, you just have to give up. Well, I I know that... that in our relationship with Christ God would demand that we surrender at some point and say you know what I can't handle this and the more you do that the easier it becomes the to let yeah. go of something so that that light can come into that darkness and change something and i'm not talking about you know some spiritual event where you get goosebumps and and feel that this strangely warm feeling that mm-hmm. god's going to come in once you admit it but i think god will surround you with people That will move into your life to offer you something that gives you the encouragement that says, you know, it's okay to struggle with your teens. Quit thinking that you're such a miserable parent. (laughs) Quite honestly, the parents that I engage with are great parents. They've done a wonderful job building relationships with their kids, they've done an excellent job transferring biblical principles into their life. And so they somewhere think that because I've done those things, how could it go wrong? I don't want anybody to know that, that I'm a failure. And I'm going, you're not a failure. You just need to learn some new ways to engage with your child.
1: In many ways, they've reached the most important stage, and that is, I can't handle this on my own.
0: That's right. And so they seek help of other people. And and please, if you're listening to us at this moment, it's not because I'm saying, then send your kids to Heartlight. No. I don't want your kids at Heartlight. <laughs> I really don't. That. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the, the intent of this radio program and everything we do is to keep it your situation at home from ever getting to the point that you would have to send a child away. And one of those first steps is engaging with other people. Don't call us until you talk to other people first, or maybe we can help connect you with somebody, but you've got to engage with other people.
1: I think we have time for a second email here today. Uh, This parent says, we have a defiant teen that is in the beginning stages of acting out against authority and boundaries. House rules and expectations are not adhered to. Disrespectful behavior toward parents. Her choice of friends is not helping her situation. Latest breach was leaving the house at 1 a.m. to hang with friends, which we suspect are male. We have removed privileges and restricted freedom in ever increasing severity, but these have not spoken to her spirit.
0: That's right. And so, you know, the point in this is not saying, okay, well, let me give you the magic potion that's going to solve this? Or do you really think there's one more scripture I can give you that's going to solve the issue? And and it's not that I don't believe in scripture. It is the fact that, that you have a child that's moving in another direction. And the most important thing in here is realizing, you know what? I've done all I can, so I need to look somewhere different. And it's going to have to be different than what you're doing, because your best thinking has got you into the situation. It's going to be other people's thinking that's gonna help get you out.
1: Well, we've talked a lot today about this tendency to kind of pull in and and isolate ourselves when our teens go through troubles. How do we help parents break out of that cycle?
0: You know, put up a sign uh, in a a church bulletin board that just says, if you have a struggling teen, let's get together and meet. Mm -hmm. And, And here's the reason I say that, and put your phone number there. You don't have to identify who you are, but people who are struggling are looking for ways to engage with people and share their hardship. Moms do that all the time, and I guarantee you they are out there looking. So when they go to church and leave that Bible study and they don't feel like they can share with other people, you know, the problems they're going through, they will see those things and say, you know what, I need to do that. And I think you might be surprised the number of people that may swarm around you and say, I'm so relieved to know that there's somebody else out there. It's hard to be judged by somebody who's going through the same thing that I yeah, am, you know. Yeah. And so start a small group, get a Sunday school class together, have have a tea that meets in the afternoon, get together and have coffee, you know, one day a week and just talk about issues and, and lay it out on the table. And, and just the counsel of other people is going to give you some new directive.
1: Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.